Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 20 of Genesis chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 25 and 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed, instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of Jehovah. As we um, pointed out in our last study, here, God is giving us a, an illustration. It's a historical parable. Adam is a figure of the Lord Jesus. His wife is picturing um, the mother of us all, Jerusalem above, and the bearing of two sons, two sons that, that identify with God's elect. Abel, who's slain, and then Another seed God appointed instead of Abel, Seth. And Seth is born to Adam and Eve when Adam is age 130. And that's a very significant age. But we're going to save the information um, for 130 for when we get into Genesis chapter 5. It's in verse 3 that Adam's age is given of 130 when he begat a son, Seth. And uh, we'll go to Jacob and, and a couple of other places, actually, in the Bible, when men were 130 or where the number 13 is key and, and emphasizes the time of the end of the world. And, and so we know, based on how that particular number, 130, is used that it relates to the end of the world. It relates to the year 1988, because that year was the 13,000th year of Earth's history, and that's when the grievous 2300 evening mornings began of the Great Tribulation, the first part of the Great Tribulation, and then on September 7th, 1994, a transition to the second part, to the time when God would save a great multitude of people outside of the churches and congregations. And and so this is not incidental language. God, first of all, lets us know of the separation between Cain and Abel, and, and he inserts that verse back in Genesis 4, verse 3 in the Hebrew, in the end of days it came to pass. And and then we find that another seed, instead of Abel, is given to Adam and Eve when Adam's 130. And again, that age identifies with the time of the end, in, in the end of days, just as it said in Genesis 4, verse 3. So there are two sons. And this reminds us of Two seasons, 
two seasons, the season of the church age and the season, the little season of great tribulation. It reminds us of two periods of rain during the church age, the early rain during the second part of the great tribulation, the latter rain. And it reminds us of two times of fruit, the uh, first fruits that were gathered in the 1955-year span of the church age, and the great multitude that came at the end in the Feast of Ingathering, or as the final fruits of the harvest were brought in over the course of about 17 years, the second part of the Great Tribulation. Two sons, Abel, would identify with the first fruits. Uh, the one saved during the church age, and then Seth, because he's born when Adam is 130, and that relates to the year 1988, the beginning of the Great Tribulation, Seth identifies with the great multitude. Now, we can, we can see this actually in a few places, that God has planned out uh, he in his salvation program for there to be two sons or or two groups of children in isaiah forty nine it says beginning in verse nineteen for thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallow thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in thine ears, The place is too straight for for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these? Seeing I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro. And who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Now, I'll I'll stop reading there. But notice the similarity. Eve lost her son, Abel. And, and then comes another child. God is appointed instead of Abel. Well, here, God is speaking of a waste and desolate place. It's a place too narrow where, where they're being swallowed up. And then God mentions children, which you will have after you have lost the other. So you'll lose children, but then you'll gain children afterwards. And, and then the question will be asked, who has begotten me these saying I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, removing to and fro. Well, let's uh, turn to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation 7, you might remember, mentions 144,000. In verse 4, it says, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and to be sealed is language indicating you're saved, sealed by the Holy Spirit. And there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel, of the tribe of Judah, were sealed 12,000, and so on. Twelve tribes are mentioned. Twelve times 12,144. 
And then it says in verse 9, after listing 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes, not all the tribes were mentioned. Then it says in verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Now, it's significant that the 144,000, which identify with all those saved during the church age, they're, they're the children of God. They're the children of Israel. They are God's elect, saved during the church age. But what happened to them? We know from the rest of the Bible that the judgment of God came upon the churches. Satan was loosed. The two witnesses representing the law and the prophets were slain and, and lying dead in the street. So, uh, uh, seemingly, apparently, the children of Israel, the elect, were lost. They're lost, it, even though we know, of course, that God's elect are eternally saved. But as far as the program goes of using the churches, they were lost. Because the church age is over now. The witness of the word of God within the congregations is finished. And... And so, is that it? No more children? Well, then it says in Revelation 7, verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. There are more children. More children. Now, again, we have to go to other parts of the Bible, but we know outside of the church, during the second part of the Great Tribulation, God's plan was to stretch forth his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his seed. And he saved uh, an enormous number of people all over the earth by the scores of millions. And then that completed once the Great Tribulation completed. But, but you see how that language matches what we're reading in Isaiah 49. It says, again in verse 20, The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other. Again, Revelation 7, verse 9. After this, after the 144,000, I beheld and lo, a great multitude. There there are the children Isaiah 49 is talking about. Now to have a, a little bit more confirmation. Back in Isaiah 49, it says in verse 21, Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these? Notice the questions. Seeing I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive. And if you follow that language, being desolate, a captive, it identifies with God's judgment on Judah, which in turn relates or or paints the picture of the judgment on the churches. And the word captive is the word captive used again and again in the book of Jeremiah. I am desolate. The, the judgment on the churches come. There's a spiritual desolation in the midst of all the world's churches. I'm captive. God commanded, go into captivity to Babylon. But, but notice the question, who has begotten me these? Because I am desolate, a captive, removing to and fro. And who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These. Where had they been? Now, 
turn back to Revelation 7. Remember, after this great multitude appears, there there's a question about it. It says in verse 13 of Revelation chapter 7, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? Just like in Isaiah 49. These, where had they been? Where did they come from? These other children, this great multitude, whence came they? You see the similarity. And uh, the similarity in verse 20, the children which thou shall have after you have lost the other. And the similarity of asking the question like there's surprise. There, there's, um, just, just all kinds of wonder about where these, uh, children could have come from. And then in verse 14 of Revelation 7, the answer is given. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. That answers the question of Isaiah 49.21. Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? They came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The children you will have after you have lost the other. And we know that according to the biblical calendar of history, you see how the information in Genesis is assuring us. It's uh, encouraging us, confirming to us the timeline you have for the year 1988 is correct. It is the time when you will lose children, that is, the church age will end, the time for the first fruits is over, and it is the time of the great tribulation when you will find the other children, a great multitude of children. You see, this is why God's people believe these things. Because they're in the Bible. When we, we tie Isaiah 49 with Revelation 7 and with Genesis chapter 4, in the end of days, if that statement was not there, well, we could have made some connections, yes, with the wheat and the tares, but that just, it, it strengthens the connection because God wrote that in Genesis 4, 3. In the end of days, and then he separates two brothers. And then God tells us of another seed appointed instead of Abel. And it just so happens. It's just a coincidence. The Bible, you know, we would have to say, because we see these coincidences all the time, that that, that it's just the Bible's a book of of enormous amount of incredible coincidences because all these things tie in. Like there was an intelligent mind, like there was a brilliant intelligent mind designing all this information, laying it out in a pattern across the entire history of the world. And, and you see how 
Uh, it, man can't have it both ways. He, the, the same critics, uh, criticize the Bible that, that it's just like any other book or, or they don't really give God the glory and the honor that he deserves. They don't give him the recognition that, that he is a thinking God who does know the end from the beginning and that when he gave his word, it wasn't, um, uh, just, just haphazard, coincidental, uh, full of incidents that were unthought out. But everything in the word of God was very precise, very intended by God concerning the events that happen, the times they happen, and their relationship to future events in God's timetable for the world in God's biblical calendar of history. And and so we see, again, just amazing connections, amazing links to the biblical calendar we have received that has been uh, handed down to us as much study, much time in the Bible was put into the development of it or or the recognition of it as as it is the biblical calendar since it's the calendar derived from the bible itself and when we see these sort of events unfolding in this way with the information god is giving us and the connections from one scripture to another then we have confirmation we have confirmation 1988, the 13,000th year of Earth's history, the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the time when the one son, Abel, dies, or the children, which you had, you have lost. But it's the time of the appointment of a second son, Seth. It's the time of a great multitude. From whence came these? I, I, behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? It, it is confirming. It, the language is consistent. And, and so God is letting us know that we're on the right track. Now, um, let, let's go over to Isaiah 54. In Isaiah 54, beginning in verse 1. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith Jehovah. Now, let's stop there. We're going to continue reading. But first, what do we have in view? Two sets of children. We have... God saying, there are more children of the desolate, but that implies that the married wife also had children. So there are two sets of children, just as we saw in Isaiah 49. And in Isaiah 49, God spoke. He used the language uh, in verse 19, thy waste and thy desolate places, and, and also in... Verse 21, I have lost my children, am desolate, a captive, removing to and fro. And, and we saw how that language 
relates to the time of the Great Tribulation. And the Great Tribulation, according to Revelation 7, is a time of a great multitude of children. A great multitude of God's elect become saved. And and so here, when we read in Isaiah 54, 1, For more are the children of the desolate. We can understand that. We can um, decipher that statement to mean, For more are the children of the Great Tribulation. Because the Great Tribulation is a time of desolation. Spiritual desolation in the churches. The first 2300 uh, grievous evening mornings are a completely desolate time. The desolation continues within the church, but then God begins to pour out the Holy Spirit and the latter rain outside of the churches. More are the children of the desolate, of the great tribulation, than the children of the married wife. Why the married wife? Well, the married wife was national Israel. Israel was married to God historically. And God relates the 144,000 to the 12 tribes of Israel. 12,000 from the children of Judah, 12,000 from the the children of Benjamin, and so on. 144,000 children of Israel. Israel is the married wife. So the the uh, the Lord is saying there is more children of the Great Tribulation than there are children of the church age because 144,000 are the first fruits unto God saved over the course of the 1955 years. And yes, we can say specifically 1955 years of the church age concluding in the year 1988 the 13,000th year of earth's history. It goes on to say in verse 2, Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. See, God is going on to speak or to further elaborate on the more children. So you have to enlarge the tent. And that fits in, again, uh, back in Isaiah forty-nine nineteen, For thy waste and thy desolate places, and the land of thy destruction, shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallow thee up shall be far away. It's too narrow, too confining, because there's more children. There, There's... A great multitude. More are the children of the desolate. This is the Bible's teaching. And I know that uh, you haven't seen a great multitude, and neither have I. And yet, I also know that God, through his word, the Bible is insisting that there was a great multitude saved, over the course of the Great Tribulation period. They came out of Great Tribulation. And more than were saved during the entire church age. That's just based on this language of Revelation 7, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 54. And there's other scriptures too that prove that. 
that the biblical teaching, the, the Bible's doctrine is God's plan to uh, save a great multitude out of great tribulation. Remember, in Revelation 20, we, we also find two groups of saved. It says in Revelation 20, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, this is uh, all the elect that are in heaven. They could identify with the first fruits unto God because they did not worship the beast, his image. They, they were before the great tribulation when the beast rose up from the sea. But they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, and that thousand years relates to the completeness of eternity. Once you're saved, your your soul's in heaven, you live forever. The thousand years, the completeness of whatever is in view, in, in that case, it's eternity. Then in verse 5, But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And the thousand years now, in verse 5, is referring to the thousand years of Satan's binding. He was bound at the cross in 33 AD, and it stretched his binding all over the entire period of the church age for 1955 years. And then came the end of the church age, and he was loose for a little season, the Great Tribulation. You see how that fits in with everything else, with the language of a great multitude coming out of Great Tribulation. The rest of the dead, which would be God's elect, they're the dead in Christ. The rest of the dead lived not again, they were not born again, until the thousand years were finished. Until the year 1988, the the end of the church age, and during that period of Great Tribulation, it doesn't get specific here and tell us which part, but but just it was after the thousand years and during the Great Tribulation, that's when the rest of the dead would live. In Revelation 7, God is more specific, and he tells us it's a great multitude that came out of great tribulation. They are these mysterious children that appear in Isaiah 49. More are the children of the desolate, more are the children of the great tribulation, than the children of the married wife, than were of the church age. And all these things are in view with God appointing another seed, Seth, instead of Abel. Two sons, two children. One is lost, one is slain by his wicked brother, and yet God raises up another. And the the first fruits were, were the children of God, the children of Israel. 
and it's as though they're slain when the church age ends, but God raises up more children, and and not just a few more, but but a great multitude. There were more children of the desolate than of the married wife. And now we can see why in verse 26 of Genesis 4, Seth, born to Adam, a type of Christ, when Adam's 130 or 13,000 years, the time of Great Tribulation, which began in 1988, Seth also has a son, calls his name Men, Enos. Then began Men to call upon the name of Jehovah. During that time, during that time, when the word of God went out in an unparalleled way all across the face of the earth, and we're not that far removed where we cannot uh, remember, we remember how the whole world heard about Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, and was warned, and the watchman blew the trumpet, and and so many took warning, God saved a great multitude. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.